and welcome back to the Grace Emily podcast. I want to start by saying thank you for all of the support and all of the love on the last episode of this series. My intention was to open up a safe space to bring in conversations that potentially are a little bit taboo, potentially are somewhat ignored, um, and just create an environment where people feel like they're not alone and that episode landed for a lot of people some of the messages that I had were absolutely beautiful and I'm I'm just so grateful for the platform that I have that I can spread awareness for this sort of thing and have these conversations that are somewhat difficult to have um but really do need to be had in some capacity so I just wanted to say a little quick thank you for that um and jump straight into the second episode of this series today I'm speaking about happiness which is an interesting concept, I think. And there are a few different ways and a few different directions that I want to take this conversation because it is a very big conversation and happiness is something that we are always kind of chasing after, always putting on this pedestal, always searching for. Um, And actually for a very, very long time, I was very, very scared to be happy. And this is exactly what I'm going to be speaking to today is actually how, as humans, we can get into this cycle of being absolutely terrified to be happy and end up gaslighting ourselves for an incredibly long time to not be happy because we aren't actually sure of what that looks like. As with all of my episodes, I will only be speaking from personal experience. So take what lands, leave what doesn't. You might have a totally different experience and totally different opinions, and that is absolutely perfect. But most of the topics that I speak to, especially within this series, are not something that are going to be fixed just by listening to one podcast episode, right? And I really want to make that very, very clear that we're not here, we're not in the business of fixing anyone. It's just a holding hand, it's just a help, it's just a, you're not alone, and this is how you can begin to overcome it and begin to rewrite whatever is that's coming up for you in that moment. With all of that being said, I am going to jump straight in. This is a concept I find so incredibly interesting to unpack in through the work that I do, through the mindset coaching, through those deep dive conversations. What I tend to find is it's actually a lot more common than you may think that people are scared to be happy. And again, very bizarre concept, right? Because we are constantly chasing happiness, right? We are constantly putting happiness on this pedestal and making it this big thing. And we're always trying to get there, always trying to reach it. And I actually truly believe that this is almost half the problem, right? By putting happiness on this pedestal, we are naturally creating separation from where we are versus where we want to be constantly living in this space of like I'll be happy when I'll be happy when and we're always trying to get to this big thing this big thing being happiness that we actually forget about those moments in between we actually forget about those little things that make us happy because we're so focused on what happiness looks like as a massive picture as humans we actually have an incredibly low tolerance to holding more than one thing at once so even if you zoom out and you look at like a day normally you would say like oh I had a good day or I had a bad day the reality of it is even if you're saying you've had a bad day there will be moments within that day that were good there will be moments that were happy moments there will be moments that were bad moments but we zoom out naturally and we like to classify it as one thing right so it was a good day or it was a bad day And I'm sure you would have your reasons as to why that is. So when we speak to happiness, 
often we're looking at everything as one massive picture and if not every single part of our life aligns with that picture we're not happy and we're continuously chasing that happiness that potentially isn't quite within our reach right now. Something that I think is very important to speak to when we are speaking about happiness is where potentially we are creating a picture of what happiness looks like. And I think that social media actually has a massive thing to do with this, right? Because we do look up to people on social media. We do follow people who have the somewhat desired lifestyle that we want. And whilst everyone's lifestyle looks very different we actually play into what other people's version of happiness looks like. Some people, their version of happiness is going to look like going to a nine to five job, coming home, feeding the dog, going for a walk and going to sleep. Other people's version of happiness looks like getting up early, going to the gym, working from home, all the things, right? And it's actually like, okay, what is my version of happy? What would make me happy? Not what is everyone else doing? What makes them happy? What? How are they thriving and all the things? Because seeing someone's social media and seeing that view is a very, very different thing than actually experiencing that yourself. You can idolise someone as much as you want. You can idolise their lifestyle. You can idolise whatever they're doing. But actually, is what they're doing going to make you happy? Or are you just playing into that because it makes them happy? And I think it's an incredibly important thing to actually look at what you want, look at your values, look at what you desire and how you want to live. Because actually, living next to the beach isn't going to make everyone happy. You might actually hate fucking sand and not want to go to the sand every day and hate cleaning up and all the things. But you feel like in order to be happy you have to live by the beach because somebody else lives by the beach and they're happy right and I think this is a lot of the work that people tend to avoid doing is actually like oh she looks happy I'm gonna do what she does when it's like okay yeah but that might not actually make you happy like is that actually what you want is that actually what you desire or is it just because you feel like they look happy and again, it's the social media and I'm not going to kind of have the social media conversation with on this, within this episode because I don't feel the need to and I, I do think it's been had a fair amount of time. It is a highlight reel, we all know this at this point, but it's a very, very interesting concept, right? Because we still do idolise other people's lifestyles and because their lifestyle is making them look seemingly happy, we feel like we then have to conform with that even though potentially that isn't going to make us happy and I don't think social media is entirely to blame and I don't think social media is the whole thing that I want to be speaking to right now because even how do we play into our parents versions of happiness right what has made them happy and are we just trying to conform with what they did because they have happiness or not or maybe they don't. And it's, it's just very, very interesting. And I think people really do avoid the self-work piece when it comes to happiness and actually avoid like, hey, sit with yourself. What's going to make me happy? What do I value as a human being? What do I like to do? What do I enjoy? And how can I actually just begin to bring more of those little moments into my life? Instead of focusing on this massive big picture of like, I'm only going to be happy when I have a Tesla, I have a multi-million house, I have four dogs, a kid and half a Labrador. Nah, right? Is that actually going to make you happy? Or is that someone else's version of happiness that you are just trying to play into? And it could be true. And it could be true. And that might make you happy. And that's incredible if it does. But actually, sit with yourself first. Sit with yourself first and see what happiness looks like for you. And then it's a case of actually implementing those steps to get there. 
Something that I really wanted to anchor into and really speak to within this episode was this piece around being scared to be happy. And this comes back to basic human needs, right? We all have very, very basic human needs. There's a whole chart on it. There's so many, so many things that you can read, papers and all the things. Um, But a very basic human need is to be safe, right? And to feel loved and whatever that is. And I think for me, a huge part of my journey and kind of, you know, zooming out of my journey and looking back in now is how long I was actually terrified of being happy. I was actually so, so scared of admitting that I was happy, admitting that potentially things were going right for me, admitting that I was happy, simply put, simply put. And there are a few different layers to this and there are a few things that I really want to speak to within all of this. When we look at the kind of long and short of it, if you haven't been happy for somewhat a long time, you have safety in not being happy. You actually feel very safe in not being happy. And it's not that you potentially enjoy being unhappy, but the thought of admitting you're happy actually removes any safety. It removes that basic need of being loved. Because if we're not happy, even as kids, right? If you're not happy and you're crying, you're getting attention, right? You're getting something back from it. But when you are happy, you're not gonna get nearly as much attention because you don't need it within that moment. So if we take a step back from a very, very young age, we are almost conditioned that if we're unhappy we get more love we get more attention we get more time because when you're a child and you're crying your mum your dad your caregiver wants you to stop crying so they will give you love they will give you attention they will try and fix whatever is wrong with you so that you are not crying anymore and that you're happy so that is always and has always been ingrained in us right? And even subconsciously as adults, we know that if we're not happy, if we're showing some sort of emotion, if you're crying, you're probably going to get more attention regardless of what the situation is, right? And that's the only evidence that we have. We have evidence so deeply ground into us that actually if we're unhappy and we're crying, we get love, we get attention. So actually when we're happy, we don't quite get as much attention. We don't quite get as much love as if we're unhappy. So we have safety in that. We have safety in being unhappy because we're still going to be loved and we're still going to be cared for within that moment because we always have. Because we always have. And as an adult, if you are going through a season where you are potentially unhappy and you do tend to get a little bit more attention of that, you fall into a pattern of being used to the attention and actually the idea of not having that attention, the idea of not being loved within that space is scary. So we actually gaslight ourselves to be unhappy so that we still have that love and attention that we naturally, as a human, need. And as I said before, it's not that you enjoy potentially being unhappy, it's actually subconsciously the fact that admitting you're happy jeopardises the fact that you could have love, that you could have attention. And it's not even like a conscious thing. It's not a conscious thought process of like, oh, if I'm unhappy, I get more attention, so I'm going to stay unhappy. It is so subconscious because it is so deeply conditioned from such a young age that if we are unhappy, we get more love, we get more attention. So admitting that we're happy or admitting that we don't necessarily need anyone removes that. 
it removes that guaranteed love, it removes that guaranteed attention and actually we don't necessarily have evidence that if we're happy we're still going to get that love, we're still going to get that attention. So subconsciously we will always protect that and a very simple example, very simple kind of evidence that you can see where this may play out subconsciously. If somebody asks you how was your day and you said oh it was a good day, they probably won't ask too many more questions but if you said like oh I had a bad day they're probably going to ask questions. Why did you have a bad day? What's wrong? Right? And again, it's that attention. It's that attention piece. So very, very interesting, just even from a psychology kind of brain point of view, it's really, really interesting to witness human behavior within that. And I really do think it has a massive tie as to why potentially we can be so scared of being happy. Another thing that I want to speak to is how much resistance there can be to admitting you're happy to yourself. And I think that the resistance for this comes up because if we're happy, we actually only can then become unhappy, right? And we can only be sad then because happiness is put on this pedestal, right? And if you're happy, that's kind of the best thing that you can do. If you're happy, that's it. You can only go down. So admitting that you're happy then just invites some sort of sadness to come in, crumble and bring everything down. So we actually find a lot of safety in the process of working towards happiness rather than we're admitting that happiness is kind of secured. Um, and whilst I don't believe happiness is a destination, and that's kind of kind of another story, we actually have a lot of safety in saying like, oh, we're working on it. But saying that you're happy means that things can only then become crumbling down. And naturally we know that life has ebbs and flows that we don't always have control over. So you're not always going to be in a constant state of happiness. There will be things that come up that dip that happiness. There are things that come up and that is life. That is life, right? But if we continue to go through life, just not really admitting that we're ever happy, we are actually just not allowing ourselves to experience the joy and the happiness that could potentially be because we're so scared that it's not going to be a constant when actually if we kind of take a step back and we look at it in black and white it's never going to be constant you're never ever going to be able to maintain happiness 100% of the time because life happens shit happens it happens to every single one of us right but by saying that you're not happy 100% of the time you're not allowing yourself to experience potential happiness and I can speak to this from my own journey as actually there were years where I wasn't happy because I was too scared I was actually just too scared to be happy because I knew that as soon as I was happy something would come along and yes that is true but if you're then not allowing yourself to be happy within those moments you miss out on so many experiences you miss out on so many things because you actually just don't allow yourself to be happy within those moments and I think going a little bit deeper into my own story and into my own reasonings as to why I didn't allow myself to be happy and how I kind of overcame that, it was it was almost deeper than just the safety piece for me. For me, it was almost like this kind of two-part process of identifying the part of myself that didn't believe I was worthy or capable of happiness. And that's, again, a kind of separate conversation is actually my self-worth was so low, it was literally on the ground that I didn't think I was worthy of happiness, right? So I couldn't actually even begin to tap into happiness because I didn't think I could be happy. I actually didn't think I had the capability to be happy. So it looked like identifying the part of myself that didn't believe I was worthy of, of capable or capable of happiness and actually unpacking what it meant for me to be happy. 
And as I said at the beginning, this isn't something that happens overnight, right? Rewriting your internal dialogue and bringing awareness to your internal world is a practice. It's something that comes with time. It's something that comes with perseverance. But let me tell you wholeheartedly, it is so incredibly worth it, especially when it comes to things like your happiness. Because if we can actually value ourselves enough to allow ourselves to be happy, then we can begin to look at actually, what does my life look like? what am I capable of? How can I actually begin this journey to creating this dream life that I have that is going to just continue to make this happiness grow and grow and grow? And I can wholeheartedly say, I have never been as happy as I am right now, but it's not by luck. It's not from everything falling into my lap by any stretch of the imagination. It comes from years of mindset work. It comes from years of integration. It comes from years of actually putting the effort in, actually allowing myself to dig that little bit deeper and actually viewing myself from a totally different lens. And it's not easy. It's really not easy, but it's so incredibly worth it. At the end of the day, if you are avoiding happiness or not willing to do the work, the only person it's actually going to affect in the long run is is you you're the only person that is going to be affected by the fact that you can't be happy or that you're so scared to be happy that you won't allow yourself to be happy. And it took me a really long time to get to this place and it took me a really long time to almost anchor into what happiness was, what it looked like and allowing myself to step into that. And it's not easy. It's not easy and it does take time and it does take a lot of effort, but it is so incredibly worth it right? How many things are you missing out on because you don't allow yourself to be happy, right? And it's a case of actually just allowing yourself the time to slowly introduce things that make you happy. For the longest time, I wouldn't actually allow myself to do the things that made me happy because it would make me happy. (laughs) Again, which sounds silly, like I didn't read for years. I love reading. I'm such a bookworm, such a nerd. And I didn't allow myself to read for such a long time because it brought me joy, So it's almost like, again, self-inquiry. What are you avoiding by doing the things that you know bring you joy? And often it's the potential downfall. It's the potential downfall that if you are happy, it's all going to come crumbling down tenfold when the reality of it is. It's probably going to crumble down at some point anyway, so you might as well really make the most of the things that make you happy within that moment. Right? Shit happens. Shit hits the fan sometimes. And it's all about building that emotional intelligence. So when shit does hit the fan, it doesn't mean anything about you. It doesn't mean that you can't then be happy again because you absolutely can. But by actually not allowing yourself to experience happiness, it just makes the bad days that much worse. And every other day is mediocre because you don't allow yourself to step into happiness. And as I've said, this isn't something that's going to be fixed with one podcast episode, but I do think that I'm hoping that this will bring light to the fact that you're not silly for feeling this way and that it is something that you can work through and that it is something that just requires a little bit of extra time and a little bit of attention. But I would say that if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably not afraid of hard work and you're probably not afraid of doing a little bit more self-inquiry because that's pretty much what this entire podcast is all about. So I would thoroughly, thoroughly encourage you to sit with yourself and just ask yourself, what does happiness look like for me? And is that actually what happiness looks like for me? Or am I just playing into someone else's happiness? Like I can sit here and say, I love living by the beach. And actually being by the beach is my happy place, 
right? Someone else's happy place might be being by a wood fire on the ski ski slopes or by the ski slopes. And that's perfect. That probably wouldn't bring me quite as much joy, but that is someone else's version of happiness. So actually, what does happy look like for me? And what things make me happy? Like daily things. Do you love to walk? Do you love to journal? Do you love to read a book? What are the little things that make you happy? Do you love to go to the gym? Do you love exercise? Do you like being outside, right? There are things that bring you joy. There are things. And if you're sat there and you're like, I actually can't think of one thing, think back to your childhood and what were your hobbies? What did you enjoy as a kid? And often those things will come up again as an adult, potentially in a different form. But I always find that if I'm struggling with something or if I'm questioning something, I look back to how I naturally behaved as a kid when I didn't have as much self-awareness back then. And I'm like, okay, what can I, what can I actually learn from Grace 15, 20 years ago? What can I take from that? And how can I bring that forward? And I spoke about this in my last episode. Actually, as a kid, dance was what brought me joy. Dance brought me so much joy and coming back to dance and going back to dance class has been a huge element of joy in my life right now. And it's because I tapped into, ah, that version of me liked dance. Potentially, now I like dance again. And I did, and I absolutely loved it. So it's almost like connecting back to your inner child and what made her happy right? What made her heart set on fire? And how can we bring a little bit more intentionality into our everyday to bring a little bit more happiness into it? Because it's possible. And again, it does take a little bit of time and a little bit of effort to get clear, but it's worth it. Okay, I think I've probably rambled at you quite enough for this topic, but if you take anything away from this, please just do a little bit of self-inquiry and really ask yourself what is making you happy or what does make you happy and how can I actually just begin to implement this little thing every day to bring you that little bit of joy and whether that is even like your favorite dessert or your favorite drink and really making that time intentional and enjoying the moment because it is all about little moments in life and that's the biggest thing. Off the back of all of that, my three-week mindset intensive baseline begins very, very soon. And this entire program is centered around self-inquiry, learning how to stop slowing yourself down, learning how to create a new path, learning how to find safety within yourself. It's a really incredible program. I am so excited to run it and facilitate it. It's all of the mindset work or a lot of the mindset work that I have done over the last two years and it's it's really powerful really really quite powerful and I am just thrilled about the entire thing so I'll leave all of the information down below there's also a discount code for anyone who listens to the podcast which I will pop in the show notes as well so if you did want to jump in and really delve deep into your mindset all of the information is there for you but have the best week ahead we will catch up very very soon and as always my messages are open And yeah, that's me.